Boo. You think I'm a good girl? Just wait and see. We're bad girls. This is what we do. I'm the girl that's gonna save your life. Eh, you shot pretty well. For a boy. Can't you handle a woman with a big gun? I put the fun in funeral. I like my men covered in blood. Hail to the queen, baby. I can, and I will. I can, and I will. I'll take a bite out of you. Beware the sirens. Welcome back to another episode of Sirens of Course. Always, I'm your mistress of evil, Ella Evella, along with her sister. Her sister. Your sister? Her sister. Sh- 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 <laughs> You're straight <in> again. <laughs> no, I like it. We're going with it. <laughs> and Tamara. Uh... Hello, I'm Miss with Tamara uh, <laughs> on the Twitters and occasionally on the Instagram. Sometimes. I, I just like hunt you down. Well, yeah, Instagram, I don't post very often, even though I take pictures, I just forget to mm-hmm. post them. I don't know, I'm just not, I'm not as into Instagram, even though apparently that's where all the, the sliding, the DMs and stuff happen, which oh, I'm yes, just Oh, yes, the DM not, sliding. I've never <laughs> slid into a DM. I, uh, I slid into, I've slid into a couple of DMs before. I mean, I'm You're really, a married spud. Well, no, I don't mean like that. Oh. No, just to, like, just, you know, you, you slide in people, you just, you know, hey, not like, like, Banging. See, that's the only so, way. Like I know, like so. Yeah, well, I yeah. mean, technically, that's the way I was talking about it. But there, oh, there, are, there are well, non-sexual I mean, ways of sliding yeah. towards. I, I, I am here to be Ella, and I am here to be everything sexual. <laughs> I, I slid into Witch Fingers DMs and been like, "Emma, chicka chicka You did. Uh, thank you guys so much for dealing with us last week. Uh, I was out of town, so we had to do the podcast a day late. And then I thought I downloaded the audio, and it wasn't the right audio, and it was a kerfuffle. So thank you so much for people dealing with my absolute scatterbrain of last week. But we are back. It is Tuesday, and we are here to finish up Blade 2. It's Blade, but the second one. And the second part. Yes. Mm-hmm. Everything's a sequel. Everything's and Daisy agrees. She's Blade like, Duh. Yeah. Duh. Duh. Uh, just for a quick second about like Misfits tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had seen you comment because mm-hmm. we have a bunch of friends like Carolyn and like stuff like that. So I had actually seen you comment on stuff. Oh yeah, for like four or five years, and then you moved in and we became good friends, but like we weren't like Facebook friends. Sure, yeah. And then like I added you, and I was like. Holy shit, I've been talking with this girl for like five years, technically. It happens. Uh, the 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 world is much smaller than you think it is. It is theoretically the tiniest place in the planet when you're in LA. I can't tell you how many people I randomly like, oh, you also know twenty other people I know somehow. Eh, look at well, that. It was just weird because yeah. like something was like, Oh, you've been friends to Tamara. Your last com your first conversation was six years ago. Because it was like some conversation on like somebody's Facebook. Yeah. yeah. And I was yeah. like, okay, that's fucking weird that like we were talking five years before you just so happened to move in next door. To the me. universe was like, here, chef. <laughs> you know what? Just live next to each other. This will be easier for us. So as we were discussing uh, with Blade, we kind of had gotten through, which kind of makes sense, like our first episode was a lot of exposition, which is kind of the first third of Blade. Yeah. 
So a lot of exposition, it's a lot of like, oh, Whistler, this is Scud, this is this. This is this, and that is that. Okay, sorry. So, you're not wrong. <laughs> Random Disney reference. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, but then we get into, you know, uh, the master and this idea of... He's not the master, though. I'm he calling looks, him he, the yeah, master. He's, Valid. He does, he does look like the master from Buffy, so therefore he is the master. He is a I might 19... be dead, but at least I'm, I'm free. free. He's a 1970s cookbook jello mold version of the master. Because <laughs> he's just so... He's I'll what Wesley thinks is the <laughs> master. <laughs> he's so gelatinous. So okay. gelatinous. Uh, so then we, we get to uh, the weird vampire suicide squad. Yeah, pretty much. Where it's like weird Russian couple of, like, tattoos and red head, and then there's a priest? Well, he's called priest. That doesn't necessarily mean he is a priest. And, uh, but the biggest thing is Ron Perlman and Leather, who looks like Butterball from Hellraiser. <laughs> but also, Donnie Yen wearing eyeliner. I cannot stress this enough. It's yeah. sexy. <laughs> it's a good... <laughs> It's so good. So, okay, so part of the reason why I wanted to do this for specifically a horror movie podcast is that this movie is basically a zombie film, and what you have now is you have your introduction of your teenagers at the camp. So now you have all these characters that most of them are not going to make it out, yeah. and so this is your, you know, your people that you're going to pick off one by your one. Your couple, your uh, priest is kind of the stoner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have, you know, you have the, the asshole, like, alpha Ron male Perlman. guy. Mm-hmm. You have his little sidekick, Chupa. You know, you have, like, this, the, the silent but really cool dude that you actually hope makes it but never <laughs> does because it's Donnie. That's Unless Donnie it's Adam. Captain so, in the Woods where the stoner actually makes it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so you have your nice little archetypes there. Um, and so that to me is the most interesting thing because I'm going to skip forward to this. So they meet, you know, you introduce them to the blood pack. They are put together specifically to hunt and murder blade. And now he gets to command them because haha, bitches. Fuck off. Yeah. And so. And they all have tiny, tiny sunglasses. They do all I have. I don't know why, but like the tiny sunglasses of the nineties. Mm. Anger, anger me because they don't look good on anyone or more importantly they don't look good on me so I get angry about them. One day you'll find the right shape. Maybe they need to be maybe they need to be hexagons. Freaky fact, Ron Perlman never took off his sunglasses the entire time. That's true. Oh fuck even when right. he got even when he got blown the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Oh my tunnels. god, I don't know how I never, like, realized that. Glue to his face. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so they Turn get... to a vampire and just, like, super gorilla glue to yeah, yeah. his face. Just because just when you're cool, the sun always shines on you. Uh, metaphorically, Aww. but not literally, because then he'd be dead. Uh, I literally had a uh, an ex-roommate in a very dramatic turn of events... Who literally the last conversation I ever had with him was my future's so bright I gotta wear shades. He then ended up working at a shell in Arizona. But the phrase my future's so bright I gotta wear shades is a deeply beloved phrase for me now. 
because I'm like, oh, oh, yes, it is so bright from that shell side. <laughs> the irony. Uh, so, yeah, so, oh, and, okay, so this is another thing. So there's a thing of Wesley Snipes and Blade being African-American being American black specifically because it's, you know, UK black does different, you know. Mm-hmm. But, like, there are certain reactions that he has that are so funny to me that you he obviously put them in because no white screenwriter would know to put these things in the way that they are. And so what I also think is really interesting is that they made the first meeting of this, Ron Perlman just is mad racist to him immediately. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, word? Okay, so now I'm going to put a bum on the back of your head. How about that? How about that? And so that becomes like a thing through the whole movie, which I appreciate. Um, so it's like kind of facing that head on. So when they go to the hunting grounds for the fast zombie vampires. Oh, <laughs> you mean every club I went to in college? Yes. Yes, the, yeah, the I, I love the fact that the club they go to is so like uh Ashy, do you remember Tiger Heat? Oh god. So Tiger Fucking Tiger Heat. So Tiger Heat was a club in LA that was once a month. Mm-hmm. And it was in the middle of LA and it was this warehouse and it was a gay club. But it was a gay goth. Uh-huh. Club. So it was like before West Hollywood was like a thing. It was a place that like <laughs> uh, gays, could, gay men could go and women could go safely mm-hmm. and dance and have a good time because West Hollywood is damn sure not that anymore. No, but it was it was like West Hollywood before like West Hollywood was good and now West Hollywood is bad. Uh, but it was like that, but it was so much goddamn, like, leather and small sunglasses and house music. Yes. Like, every time I see this scene. Uh, but I, I kind of want to pull back a oh, little sure. bit for you. So, uh, when we had uh, Jamie on two weeks ago, uh, just t- continuing kind of the conversation about, like, stuff that, like, we didn't pick up on. Uh, but he brought the scene in Us, where they're being taken to the shrink, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he brought up the whole idea of you, in, like, black culture, you go to church or you bury it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, there was so much, and I think that's, that's a really kind of good thing about horror, though, is it does bring up these very personal moments, and, like, you know, we haven't had somebody... I mean, you can deal a lot with how, like, horror treats uh, the Asian community where you're either a silent ninja, like, in this film, or you're, like, a nerd. Yeah, or uh, a a vengeful ghost that got shoved down a well. I was about to say, like, either you're something creepy as fuck, like some creepy-ass shower kid that meows. Mm -hmm. Yes, meow. Okay, but that, that was also, like, actual Japanese, like, cinema- so, like, I'm not saying, like, that's how horror treats it, like, in America. Well, no. I'm I just mean, saying the Japanese and small children, I don't get the culture, but holy shit, you make me want to punt five-year-olds at this point. Oh, yeah. No, at my last, the, one of the last schools that I worked at, I literally, he had gotten a haircut after the fact, but, like, he, this kid literally looked like the little kid from The Grudge. <laughs> like, me and my, me and my co-teacher were like, he's the Grudge kid. Oh, 
No. Tiny devil trap. Well, I, yeah, I think Asian people have a, a similar sort of duality to black people where it's like, you're magic or you're a fighter. Like, yeah. That's like... Those are your options. Your yeah. options. Like, you can be a tank, but for them, it's a ninja. For black people, it's mm-hmm. like the angry tank. And then... Or you're magic. Ah. Well, yeah. it's interesting how, like, besides, like, the male characters who can be everything. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you are anything other than a white male, you have two choices. Because as a woman, you have a choice of the virgin or the whore. Those yeah. are your options yeah. in horror. Either you're, like... The prom queen virgin, or you're the slut that's going to get killed while tripping over your panties while running away from Killer X. Mm-hmm. Or, as in Final Girls, do the greatest striptease ever. <laughs> that film. <was> the, <laughs> the boob call. The boob call of that film. <laughs> it's a literally a film, uh, we did on the podcast, where this girl gets sucked into like her mom's yeah i'm 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 familiar with the movie i'm behind and i've not seen it but there's a part where they figure out the serial killer comes when boobs are exposed Um. so they get the slut the slut ends up having about 50 adderall Mm. because she doesn't know what it is she just sees it she's like oh i just took it it's mints i took i took one two five ten fifty tic tacs and that's not they a TikTok. Yeah, no, that's. But they, she literally at one point like exposes her tits while doing like the Xena cry, and I was just like, from now on, whenever I take off a top, I just have an otter. You should be like, <laughs> I mean, it, it would play it for a lot of people. I, mm-hmm. I think that that would work. Yeah, I'm like, it's a fun thing, but yeah. uh, just that real interesting dichotomy that like, because I feel like there's a lot to be said about like. Guillermo del Toro horror films and indie horror films and films where you deal like Insidious, not the other ones, <laughs> mm-hmm. not any of those spinoffs, but like mm-hmm. Insidious. Um, you look at films like that, you'll have Train to Budapest, uh, where it's more than any other genre, I think like the really good horror directors and the indie horror directors are so adamant against those roles. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and like, I feel like you get that a lot with, you know, good horror directors and writers and good horror and indie horror directors and writers. Because you got that a lot with the Soska, you get that a ton with the Soska sisters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you're, you know, we don't get the like, oh, we're gonna do all the specific horror tropes. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, we're like Cabin in the Woods, they're making fun of the horror tropes. This is like, you know, like, Almost every horror film out there, if it's not written by, like, a good horror director or an indie horror director, it, you're, you get those tropes. And it's not in a funny way. It's in a... Oh, God, yeah. please. Yeah. Well, I think... Automatic it, pilot sort of yeah. fashion. And, like, you kind of made this... You make this joke a lot with you and Jamie. Yeah. You know, because he's the black guy. He's going to get killed first. You're the goth girl. You're going to get killed This is literally how we started dating, was we came up with the joke that he's a black guy and I'm a slutty goth girl. So to survive any horror film, we have the idea of grabbing a bunch of balls Jameson and locking ourselves in the bathroom, waiting for the second round of cops. Mm, yeah, all the knock, second round and, of cops. Yeah, and my knock on the door. Yeah. Because yeah. then we were also like, we can't come down because at this point we're going to be covered in blood. He's like, oh no, I'm not walking down to cops with a bloody white girl. And I'm like, this is a very valid statement. Mm-hmm. No, I'm the one that's covered in blood because I've now defeated everything. Sure, yes. We did say we would like set up the house, like Kim Possible status yeah. for her and have like the walkie talkie, but like mm-hmm. we are not going anywhere near 
It's funny because my that kind of goes into my theory of where all the brown people in the first scream are. They're, they figure they, that first murder happened yeah. and they're like, oh, word. And so they all went to one, they like switch people's houses every night and they have a party and or they just kind of hang out and yeah. they take turns sleeping. Nobody answers yeah. the doors. They're all back to back and they all survived the first one. That's why they killed two black people immediately at the top of the second one. Just to make up for the they fact were like there angry, were none. They didn't get they're any. Like, oh, we didn't have any browns the first one. Oh, we gotta, we gotta shank we, them we first. Gotta, yeah, we, gotta, we gotta kill at least. <laughs> well, you know, blacks. and it's that that combo of like famous famous people yeah. that get yeah. killed at the top plus black people. Yeah, so it's an interesting film uh, to actually bring up kind of the breaking of the trope because I don't know why this film popped into my head. Uh, I discuss it because I do think it's one of the creepiest things. But uh, the House on Haunted Hill, the two thousands one. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's with mm-hmm. the same guy who's in Save the Last Dance, but he survives. Yes. Every other, like, because there's the fucking scene with the dumbass blonde chick who's got the camcorder, but it's that shot where, like, it's the surgical room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she holds up the camera, and they're, like, doing surgery, and she puts the camera down, and then she holds it back up, and they're staring at her. Yeah. And it is not a good film, but that scene, like, straight like, from my, like, Head to my toes, I get the willies. It's a yeah. fun, like because it's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's they coming for you when you fucked. Yeah, it's 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 part of a triumvirate of films that are not necessarily good but are really enjoyable, and it's that it's the haunting. Yes, mm-hmm. and thirteen ghosts. So we well, actually yeah. we have a theory about this mm. because I I am a huge fan of like the probably one of the worst horror genres i love found footage mm. uh but i also love early 2000s films like one of my favorites is stay alive oh with frankie fucking munez yeah, yeah, in a yeah. video game yeah. horror film mm-hmm. i remember that one uh but we had this talk a while ago it was in this season uh about the idea that uh 2000s horror films are created by the similar the manatee that does like the Simpsons jokes. Mm, it's like that because like if you look at films like Thirteen Ghosts, uh, The Haunting, even uh, freaking uh, the ha- the Haunting of Hill House, you get sh- people like Liam Neeson and Paul Giamatti, mm-hmm. but then like and Owen Wilson, but like, what are you doing in this movie? Yeah, every every actor that you love has a weird horror movie on their resume. Uh, mm-hmm. But so we just say, at least one. Every yeah. So we just said like in like the early two thousands, they were just the manatee pool, <laughs> and that's how they casted films. Yeah, like, like oh, manatee touched the ball with Matthew Lillard on it. Yes. Oh, it touched and the Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. Sure, we'll put him in a film about ghosts. Shannon <laughs> Elizabeth is playing another teenager. Uh I think the the haunting is always the one that gets me though, because it's Catherine Zeta Jones, Liam Neeson, and Owen Wilson, and I never remember the chick's name, but she was in Eli that I mm-hmm. just recently watched. I which... forget her name too, but I like her and stuff. Eli's really good. It's on Netflix. It's a very good film. It's a little disjointed on acts two and three, but the only mm-hmm. thing I can say about it is I wanted more stuff. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, yeah. My fav- The reason why I love the haunting so much is because of the one specific scene. Where she's in the bedroom and they keep cutting to those cherub heads. Oh, and you that, hear that, that scream, that, that low yeah, scream. The horrified cherub heads on the thing. It's 
my favorite thing. It's so stupid, mm-hmm. and I love it so much. And also, like, I do think that if you were staying in a house that had a bunch of carved cherubs, and they suddenly looked very terrified, well, first of all, they can move, but second of all, they look very <laughs> terrified, you would just immediately leave. Honestly, yeah. the scene that, that freaks me out is when it's, like, the rotating room of, like, mirrors, mm-hmm. and then there's, like, the, the mirror version of her gets, like, blown up pregnant, and oh, she's, yeah. like, smiling and petting it, and everyone's being like, no! Mm-hmm. Oh, God, no! It looks like they fucking blew her up with, like, a car hose! Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not the best. Not the best. But, uh... Terrified. So that film was... Uh, I, I will admit, the haunting has also a really big place in my heart, because I saw it when I was 13 with one of my longest friends, Hannah. And we used to get together every one of our birthdays, and we'd watch horror films together. That was, like, our thing. Yeah. Talked about her many times, like what lies beneath, and the fact mm-hmm. like we both stare at the bathtub while we took turns peeing. Because Harrison <laughs> well, Ford sure. being a serial killer makes you deeply unnerved. Yeah. But we were so into the haunting, and then Hugh Crane comes out, and I just remember her turning to me and being like, The Dust Bunny King has risen. Because <laughs> he's just made mm-hmm. out of dust. And we all just busted up laughing. We're like, All right, that film's done. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we, and we were talking about tropes and things like that, and, like, these movies that kind of have, you know, slightly goofy things in them that you enjoy, but what, part of, the, and part of the thing that I like about Blade, the Blade, well, 1 and 2, Blade 3, you mean, uh, but Blade 2 specifically, you have Guillermo del Toro in there, and you have, you know, them tackling very specific horror tropes, but in a different way, so you have, it's like a fast, angry zombie movie, but it's like turning the undead into the undead, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you have, you introduce your group of people, and I can't remember if we talked about this already, but you introduce your group of people, and you have the guy who gets injured and doesn't tell anyone, and then he ends yeah, up murdering we're everybody. Yeah, about and, that, and the weird couple, and Yeah, like... yeah, all that kind of stuff. So I always, I just, you know, as a person, and, and when I watch horror movies, I watch things that have a mythology to it that's like a vampire, or a werewolf, or yeah. a witch, or, because, you mm-hmm. know, as a writer, I'm interested in riffs, right? Yeah. And also, I like fairy tales and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, being able to take these tropes and make them interesting and make them kind of new and putting that twist on it, like, that's just impressive. And I feel like because Guillermo del Toro is Guillermo del Toro... All hail. All hail. You know, like, he's able to take those things. And it's not even, like, a thing that I think most people noticed, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like people don't notice certain th- things because it is so under... Like, this, in this particular case, I feel like it's a little bit under until you actually start thinking about it. You know I, what I mean? I think an interesting thing about Guillermo del Toro is, like, all of his stuff, and I'm including the freaking film with uh, Tom Cruise's ex-wife, the one that got away from Scientology. Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. The, the Tooth Fairy one with him. Right. Oh, yes. yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Which is vi- way too disturbing still to this day. Uh, he does such a good job, I think, at dealing with stuff. And, like, you look at his films like Hellboy. You look at Shape of Water. He is really good about telling stories that you can watch over and over again and get more... But he does so much stuff that, like, you, you watch it, and then you can be like, oh, shit, this is an allegory for this, mm-hmm. and this, and this, and ah, oh, ha, ha, ha. Like, I loved Pan's Labyrinth the first time I watched it, and then, mm-hmm. like, I went through and I watched it with commentary, 
and Del Toro goes through, like, all of his reasonings and all of the, like, going into characters, and I was just, like, sitting there being like, oh, okay, I need to watch this film again, mm-hmm. like, and I, I think that's, that's important to do for, like, especially foreign filmmakers who aren't maybe, like, the MGM, and I, I ain't gonna just remember, like, Mike Flanagan's and stuff like that, Mike Flanagan is, in my opinion, one of the greatest horror directors, but he does work with pretty much all white casts and very... He, he writes what he knows. Yeah. He directs what he knows, and that's fine. But there's something to be said about getting more international filmmaking, getting more people of color, of LGBTQ in filmmaking, because simply with Guillermo del Toro being of Spanish descent, not being from America, he's going to, in the same way, pick up on things that other people yeah. aren't, or have mm-hmm. a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And... You can do it, and we kind of had a conversation with Jamie, of, like, you can put stuff in without it being, like, this is racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or this is problematic. Like, uh, I guess Pixar is coming up with their first uh, lesbian character. Something like that. Yes, yeah. yeah well, we not like it, something we, like that, but yes. Right, but we talked about it in uh, yeah. last episode. But uh, do you guys remember the film Paranorman? Yes. Yeah. You know there's a gay character in there, right? Uh... Okay. So this is a great thing. So you remember, uh, like, there's his older sister and there's, like, the jock guy? Yeah. Okay. The very end of the film, once everything's been sorted, she goes to the jock guy and she's like, hey, I'd like to go see a movie with you. He's like, yeah, that'd be great. My boyfriend would come, too. He loves rom-coms. And just walks away. I never picked up on that. Yeah, the very end of the goddamn film, the jock, this big muscularly like, oh, just goes again, oh yeah, my boyfriend loves rom-coms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? They're delightful, usually. That's awesome. Yeah, that's very cool. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I yeah. love that they didn't have to make it like... A big deal. Part right. of his character. He just was never interested in the girl. And yeah. she was like, by the end, it was almost more like, she got her closure... Because he's not into her. But the mm-hmm. fact that he's gay didn't change anything about him. Right. And so I love it when films do that where it's like, it can be a part of your character without being like... A big, huge The thing. only thing you are. The yeah, only exactly. thing. Because I feel like that's the problem you get in horror films. Is you're black. You're mm. a goth. You're a nerd. You're this. This is your one adjective. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We did a... Uh, I'm... If you did not hear last episode, uh, I do a wrestling podcast called Women Wrestling Friends. That's what it's called. Yes. I was trying to remember. I was like, what was it? It's Women Wrestling F uh, on Twitter. You know, because like WWF. Mm-hmm. Uh, ah, uh, I like it. Uh, but so we are, we did a, a episode about uh, black women wrestlers through history. Yeah. And so there's one who was part of a tag team called uh, Bad, Black, and Beautiful. And there is a... A promotional poster of it and it's mm-hmm. the white girl the black girl and then the guy who's their manager and on the picture it had bad underneath the white girl beautiful underneath the guy and then she was just black oh wow so you know it is both a comedy comedy and yeah. tragedy at the same time so yeah you uh you laugh about it so you don't cry um mm-hmm. 
But yeah, it's like it's that thing of like you I, can't. I want to say it's not WWF, but I'm like, oh yeah, Vince would sign off on that. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, would be like that makes sense. And that was from I think that was like in the uh, mid '80s, so like deep in that specific like. Yeah. I mean, to the it's 2019, 2020, and you still can't get like Mustafa Ali is just Ali now because they yeah. probably thought the Mustafa part was a little too Middle Eastern and they wanted him to be a villain but he's not he's basically a fucking Green Lantern actually he's really a Blue Lantern because it's hope but <laughs> but also Mustafa Ali is one of the greatest wrestlers out there right now yeah yeah also incredibly handsome incredibly adorable he posts pictures of him and his wife at like fancy events where they're all dressed up I feel they're like he's so the cute. next Daniel Bryan he's, he's got that like chemistry where just no matter what even if we're saying fuck you we're gonna say it lovingly yeah. I just like you so much I, I just I just like him so much anyways that's a Ricochet has me in the palm of his hand I also mm-hmm. enjoy Ricochet he's not the best at promos but that's also I think I think most of the people who are not great at promos it isn't just because they can't talk well or do the promos well it's because they are not giving them personalities or yeah. folks they can work with well no Rick, well Ricochet did really good in uh, Lucha as Prince Puma he did really great promos but now he's just Ricochet yeah. Oh, and also, fuck you, Vince, for adding that fucking gunshot at the beginning of his entrance. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. It feels real racist to me, but oh, you know. No. Well, his name's Ricochet. It's a gunshot. Fuck you. It's Ricochet because he bounces all over the place. Yeah, you he is so bouncy. He's the one I was telling you about that literally got kicked while he was upside yeah, down. Yeah, like, I remember watching, he was just like, what? But, 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 he's like a little bouncy ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't think you watched this match, but it was a match between him and Alistair Black, where Alistair Black's whole thing is he flips and then goes into, like, a seated position. Yeah. And Ricochet does, like, the bounce bounce, but they did it together where they both hit the ropes, both did a flip, and then both went seated with their backs to each other. <laughs> and I was just like... I don't have underwear. They have evaporated. Like, Somehow they're in your pocket now. Like, I just feel like Ricochet was going to be like, what? 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 Why is... <laughs> Who put their underwear here? It wasn't here when I started the match. I didn't mean to. It just, they shot so hard. It's actually, it tore, it tore itself apart mid-route. Right, it's just, it, yeah, it half is in one pocket and half <laughs> is in the other. Alistair Black and Ricochet are in the back. Do you have part of a penny that says, like, booty, bookworm, and beauty? Yeah, I do! How do we have this? <laughs> Magic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there, there's so much, but then, like, but I feel like with all of that shit, and how fucking bad it is, you get filmed like, then, Tragedy Girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, which features... A actually very switched kind of role. Yeah. Because the white girl in the film lives in a trailer with her dad. Her dad's kind of an asshole. And the black character has, like, the more prominent family. Her family checks in on her all the time. You get more of that in, like, indie stuff. But I feel like when you get it, it's so much more like, yes. Yes. It's, it's... It's a it's more rare than it should be, but I it's definitely getting more common. Yeah, you know, and I think that having I mean we are at peak television and peak movies and peak access to you know and creative stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that is actually helping because I feel like a lot of places are trying to find a ground somewhere, and so they're throwing more money at 
people that maybe wouldn't have gotten a shot, you know, if it weren't for this abundance of channels, you know. Um, well, I think it's also they're looking at it and going like, okay, like there's an entire demographic that doesn't watch us. Why don't they watch us? Oh, because we don't represent any of their characters. Like you were saying, mm -hmm. talk about comic books. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you don't see a character that you can connect with, why are you going to continue to watch a show? Like you can like the characters, but if you can't emotionally connect with anyone, why are you going to continue to watch the show? Why are you continue to get into mm -hmm. this? Mm -hmm. Where the more shows do show different demographics, they show different sexualities, races, well, religions. Hell, um, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is a great example of that. Oh God, yes. You have, I was, you have Sabrina, who's the you know the white person. They're Satanists. They're not you know like. No, technically now at the end of season three, we they all follow Hecate. That's true. Yes, we all follow Hecate now. But spoiler that was alert. super exciting because I was yeah. like, Hecate's getting love, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like you know they at the first half. Yes, but they they follow Satan. Yeah, they follow Satan. Then you have, you know, the black girl who is, like, almost like a seer type of thing. Yeah, that's exactly what she is. She's and, a seer. Yeah, and you have their other best friend who is transitioning. Yeah, and, like, by season three, uh, he gets a very adorable little fey hobgoblin boyfriend. Aww. And it's so cute. But then you also have, like, Ambrose. Mm-hmm. Who, like, I super love because, like, in, like, the second Ambrose episode, Ambrose was, like, doing something in... He was just like, honey, if they're hot enough, they're my type. And I was yeah. just like, oh, because I think you you do get a lot of issues with male bisexuals. Like, it sucks to be a female bisexual because mm -hmm. you're still constantly told, like, you do it for attention. Mm -hmm. Lesbians yeah. think you're not gay enough and guys just want to have a threesome. Yeah. But, like, I'm not proud of the fact that I've heard this, but I've straight up heard other bisexual women say, like, I wouldn't date a bi guy. And I'm always like, why? Why? And they're like, well, like, I'd be worried about, like, and I was like, if you say anything that's ever been told to you, I'm about to slap your fucking eyelashes off, bitch. But there is, like, I feel next to, because trans people have it the absolute worst. Uh, but I would put, like, bisexual men are so, like, if you think about bisexual women, there's not a lot. Yeah. Like a handful. Amber. There's a few of us. <laughs> There's a few of us. We we exist in the dark corners. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean, comic books and representation and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, super great with sort of the sexual sphere oh, yeah. of oh, I haven't representation. Seen it yet. Yeah, uh, yeah, Sarah Lance well, is yeah, bi. Yeah, Sarah Lance White Canary is bi. Uh, and con they actually have... And Constantine, I heard... Canonical bisexual Constantine. So Yeah, I was just like... Yeah. Yes, I love bisexual Constantine. He's not flirting with enough people inappropriately at bad times. Like at an appropriate time. I want him to. I want him to. to uh, I want him to flirt with me. I will admit, like I, I love Poison Ivy, and she's like my favorite DC character. But then when people are like, "But who are you in the DC universe?" I'm always like, "I'm fucking aware I'm the pissed off British asshole who smokes too much, drinks too much, and hits on everyone." Fuck off, bollocks! I'm going in my room. Yep. Like I you were want... definitely Constantine. Constantine. It's like the first before, time I read it. By the I... way, before you dye your hair. Oh yeah, I got to do my you Constantine. You need to do Constantine. Mm -hmm. But I remember really reading Constantine at like 16th, smoking a clove cigarette 
in a velvet jacket, mm. just being like, go on. <laughs> Fucking love Constantine. Yeah. I both am you and want to fuck you. Yeah. This is a good place to be. Freudian. <laughs> but yeah, like like you said, uh, Legends of Tomorrow does that a lot with Sarah Lance's character. Yeah. Because, you know, she does have sex with Constantine and they're literally like, it's a one-time thing. It's never going to happen again. Never. No. No. It's never going to happen again. And then she has her um, girlfriend who's yeah. the, I don't remember what they're called. I haven't seen it yet. Agency that she works with. Uh, Time Bureau. Yeah. Her girlfriend that works for the Time Bureau. Who's completely lesbian. Like, she's not bi. Like, she's lesbian. But that's great to see. Like, like, she's kind of like the whole, like, I don't quite, it's, it's, I wouldn't date a bi guy. She's not quite like, oh, but are you going to pick boys eventually? That, yeah. Yeah, Or or even just not pick her because it's, she, you know. In Star Trek Next Generation parlance, uh, Sarah Lance was the full-on Riker going on. Like, there are several oh. episodes that just start out with, like, I think she was, was it Marie Antoinette? She started mm-hmm. an episode, I think, yeah. boning one of the yeah. aristocracies at the very I'm beginning down. of the episode. And so she's, like, she flirts with a lot of people through history. There's that nurse in that mm-hmm. one episode and, like, a whole thing. So she's, like, yeah. Rikering it fully throughout yeah. the oh, whole yeah. thing. Um, so it's very impressive, and it's, and it's her, and the, and the, concern about their relationship is not because she's bi but because of her own personal issues, issues. Mm-hmm. so she didn't she didn't care that she slept with constantine she cares that she's in front of someone's ex kind of you know yeah, what I mean? like, Even though that's not what that situation is but yeah, yeah. there yeah. was a show way way back in the day called warehouse 13 ah warehouse 13. i remember warehouse 13 but they showed hg wells to a be a woman yeah and b to be a bisexual flirt i loved hg oh hg was like spirit animal <laughs> though i almost i will admit it's the really like short pixie a-line cut because it's a little red-headed oh uh, yeah the hacker uh-huh. and i'm super happy i didn't do that because i would have never pulled it off um, but, like, the, it, it's really cool. Like, if you think about by the time Blade 2 would have come out, none of these characters would have existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wouldn't when, get... When did it come out? Uh, 96. Okay. Because 94 was Blade 1. Okay. And then it was, like, 2001 was Trinity. Mm-hmm. Because it was in production for all, because it's supposed to actually be Blade versus Dracula, and then it turned into Blade versus Vampire Pomeranians. <laughs> Um, I still love it I still love that little fucker I also love the fact that it's fluff betrayed it yes. I'm too fluffy can I stop him no I love it I watch that scene sometimes when I'm sad it brings me joy in a really dark twisted fucked up place when I'm just watching something tiny it's fluff it's really funny um, but just getting like to kind of go back to Sabrina we're, we have a character that is a bisexual male black warlock. Mm-hmm. Who's actually, like, one of the most powerful fucking warlocks in yeah. existence. But, like, that would have never happened. Uh, you look at shows like Angel mm-hmm. and having a gun. Oh, do we need to have a gun conversation? Um, or are you talking about later when he gets mind wiped? I mean, all of it, oh. kind of. Uh, J. August Richards, as a human, is great. Okay. I enjoy Angel mostly as a show. Everybody knows the parts where it goes off. 
the when they introduce All of season three. <laughs> uh, Justice for Cordelia. Um, when they introduce Gun, it's like, oh, it's these black people who are gang members. As if those are the only black people that exist in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And as a native Los Angelino, it I was like, offends I, I, me greatly in very like, many ways. We have a very big issue then if you're yeah. in my living room. Yeah. <laughs> Having this conversation. Yeah. Like, uh, pretty sure it's a little different. Yeah, I'm just, I, I exist here. I'm not... Uh, a racial stereotype. I, and, unless you count uh, marching bands as gangs. I've never been in a gang. Um, I don't know, I've seen some pretty vicious marching band fights. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, (laughs) for sure. Having been in Color Guard, I have seen those. Yeah, like, pro tip, never cut through a band. But, uh... Two of players be vicious. Oh, yeah. And they got the arms. Yeah. Uh, specifically never try to fuck with a cymbal player also, because... Oh! Yeah. I just feel like you go katana on that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, 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 don't do it. Just don't fuck with marching band, generally speaking. Um, so, like... And, and, you know, I was trying to be like, okay, well, maybe he's going to do some sort of inversion on this because, you know, he did a lot of stuff where he would introduce a thing and then kind of yeah. flip it on its head. And he never, never quite did that. And then for Gunn to be responsible for Fred's death, spoiler alert on this 20-year-old show, uh, <laughs> like, even if it is like, you know, it's just, it just, and then like season one of the comic, he was a vampire and a big Wait, he's a vampire in the comics? Uh, it gets, it, yeah. for a minute. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, don't say for a minute. Don't do that. I mean, it's a good chunk of a minute. Like, three minutes. It's a good three okay. minutes. Uh, I would have only kept up with the Buffy comics. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's the it's After the Fall, which is the season oh, okay, one yeah. of, oh, okay. of the Angel comics, and it does a bunch of stuff at I the end. I think I have, like, one Angel comic, because it has Faith in it, and I'm like... Oh, the Angel and Faith series? Yeah. I will yeah. admit, most of my Faith is my girl. Yeah, Faith is. I'm B. Always be here. I now officially be I blonde. Mm-hmm. Uh, but okay, so that's one thing we need. That's uh, before you yeah, we gotta do it. Gotta do it. <laughs> this can. Uh, I will admit most of my speaking of angels just season five because mm. <laughs> it has spiky. Yeah, oh, five that. is you know. But what probably, I thought, yeah, yeah. what I thought interesting about like season five is like God does kind of go from being like a very big. To, like, honestly, the most fucking mature member of that group who mm-hmm. kind of turns into, like, dad. Yeah, he, he dads it up a bit. Which is, I mean, they need a dad. Angel is, uh... It's so mild. Uh, uh... It's so <laughs> random. It's like, whoop, 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 whoop. Sorry, we have a tiny thingy going off around us and we're confused. Um, but yeah, he definitely turns into, like, the mature dad... Yeah, because they all need it. Like, if you really think yeah. about it at that point, like... But I guess you... that's how I always saw Gunn was, like, even in the beginning, he always had, like, such strong dad vibes to me. Because you get Cordy, and you get Fred, you get Angel, and I feel like Gunn, for me, was the only person, like, in that show that was, like, have any of you fuckers paid rent? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's that yeah. thing of Joss Whedon has a problem with writing non-white characters because it's just not his thing, which is fine. Um, I mean, it's not fine, but it's fine. <laughs> and uh, so I think what that was, that underlying dad quality, was just kind of like maybe a specific J. August Richards thing that he is bringing to this role of like black people, uh, like common sense, <laughs> to a world of complete nonsense. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, 
you know, hey, yeah, have you done this basic shit? I know that, like, there's you're a hell mouth and... You're a hundred thousand year old vampire, but, like, yeah. do you know how to work the microwave? Can, can you microwave your own blood? And also, maybe wash your mug, because that's fucking gross. <laughs> Like, it just can't just congeal there. Yeah. Like, I always just felt like gun. Like, I loved the show, and I loved Fred, but, like, I I lived for gun size on Angel. <laughs> yeah, it was Because cool. it always felt just so, like, oh, like, because when kind of Angel started getting going, I moved from the Valley to 6th Street in downtown L.A., uh, which is a great life experience. Like, welcome to L.A. Mm-hmm. Technically uh, much closer to the Hellmouth, the actual yeah. Hellmouth if you go by geography. A yeah. lot closer. Yeah. Uh, and I got to growing up in L.A., which is a lot of Asian culture and a lot of white culture. It's just, like, middle of downtown, like, welcome to, like, a thousand one different cultures. And I loved it, and I got to learn a lot. And I very, very much got to be, like, holy shit, I'm a privileged white girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to, to, to keep this entire view of my childhood now of, like, okay. I thought it was kind of bad, but no, I'm fine. But then I moved to Santa Clarita. Mm. So I went from, like, normal mode mm-hmm. to extreme mode yeah. yeah, to easy. Yeah. And the amount of shit that people did not know how to do when I moved to Santa Clarita was just mind-boggling. Where it's like, what do you mean you've never changed your oil in your car? She's like, well, normally my daddy just takes my car for a day. Cool, you can also take your car for a day. And Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, they're like, well, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm changing my oil. I'm like, oh, is your daddy taking it? And I'm like, below my car, being like, does my daddy look like he's taking it? I have oil splatters all over me. I've hit, like, Megan Fox Terminator status of, like, I'm 19 and I'm covered in oil, but, like, still kind of rocking it. You have to to slide under and do the, like, ass up first hair toss. You know, situation. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the that's the that's the move right there. I I don't think I can ever actually do a hair toss because it's just like an uncontrollable mane of hair. So I feel like if like I try to do a hair toss, it turns into like one of those like cloud things where like you see like a skull, mm. <laughs> where like I flip my hair and like you see it growl. <laughs> the Dark Lord is coming. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's kind of what me flipping my hair looks like. It's like the dark mark. Yeah, mm, good times. Uh, I never, I've never changed my own oil, but that's mostly out of laziness, more so than not wanting to learn to do it. I do know how to change a tire, and no one ever taught me. I just saw somebody do it one time, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, and also, I feel like changing a tire is kind of like easy. you take off the things that keep tire on. Yeah. You remove thing that holds tire. You lift up car. Change thing. Put car back down. Reattach. Listen, I just saw a video, a TikTok of some some broad who never cleaned her tub ever. Cleaning her tub for the first time. Uh, Yes, she's white. Uh, And she at first took paper towels and Windex to it. And I just 
hope that she was doing it for for the vine you know what i mean like that yeah was... like you're, you're making a joke of yourself yeah and then she's like i'm gonna go to walmart and look oh shit i could i'm using first of all she's just washing liquid in there which is you know what whatever gets the job done but like just dude scrubbing bubbles just scrubbing yeah. bubbles spray yeah. it on Leave ajax it. Because you need that oh, yeah. that corrosive business because if of how gross it is. If you've never watched it, yeah, you yeah. have to make no, it, it. Like, if you want to talk about horror movie status, when this lady showed her tub, I yelled in my head. Like, I like I just, it was a silent scream. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, you know in Animaniacs where it's the potty emergency? Yeah. And he goes into the gas station and he turns on the light and he screams? Yeah. That's what that tub looked like, <gasps> basically. Uh, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I can't potty in there. That's disgusting. Uh, yeah, so that's, anyways. A lot of people don't know how to do some very common shit. Uh, much like some motherfuckers don't know to not skate uphill. To not ice skate uphill. That is what some people don't know. To bring it back to Blade. <laughs> yes, to, to bring it back to Blade. Do not skate uphill. I, I, I think like it is weird because I feel like all these like random conversations about like knowing how to do this and knowing how to do this. Like I feel like in a weird way because of El Del Toro did it. I can be like, yes, our conversation about like racist intros in WWE and mm-hmm. people not knowing how to fucking wash their own shit. Yeah. Yeah. I can almost bring everything back to Blade because Guillermo del Toro del Toro is late fuck. Yeah, we can do it. We can do it. We're almost done. We're getting there. There's an old fashioned in my future. Uh he he put so much and I think honestly the credit in the Blade films, and I really have to say this, is Wesley Snipes because he is so powerful as an actor and in this character that, like, how you were saying, like, I didn't get to see characters, like, I watching this film as, like, a 14-year-old girl, I'm like, I want to be fucking Blade. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be goddamn Blade. Yeah, and, like, even if you go to Nissa, who's, uh, you know, this royalty who is in charge and very like kind of mellow and even keeled yeah Mm -hmm. super smart like running shit not getting undermined by her dad because a lot of times they always have that thing where like oh why won't you just get married or whatever like none of that fucking shit and she could actually probably beat blade in a fight on depending on the day like like they fought to a standstill you know good on your girl going out that way being like nah i'm not doing this shit like yeah i'm gonna die yeah, fuck this. Mm-hmm. You know, this all this she realizes that all of this shit is terrible and you have to you have to pull down the systems that your shitty father's built. And you're like, "Well, my mutant generation brother has been killed. My mutant generation siblings have all been killed. My mutant generation asshole creating father has been killed. You know what? I've been bitten. Just just give me yeah. the sunlight. Cuddle me. Look me in your gorgeous golden wesley snipes eyes and let me die fade out like a g she she was like yeah i'm 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 turning to ash but you know what i still look fucking dope and she does it so serenely where i'm like she's like she's got to hurt yeah she just does like a brief thing like oh this kind of hurts but then she's like but look at me i'm so pretty (laughs) 
Peter Parker could have taken some like cues from like I know. that. I know. No single tears. No single tears. Just, just take just, it. Just just fall back, look up lovingly, and like dust. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Good times. I God, I love this movie. Uh, yeah, I I love this movie. I just do. I'm I'm happy that even if we didn't really talk about it, we talked about it because it's great, and it can uh, like you're saying it branches off to so many other things, and I feel like everyone should be um, enthusiastic about learning new stuff and seeing new movies. And well, you you talked you talked about something earlier about the idea of like if. If you're not hearing these conversations, oh yeah, um, that and you have black friends, that means they're not having those conversations with you. Mm-hmm. And a big point of the podcast was like, yeah, I've recently got involved in quite a few wars on Magic the Gathering because they decided to post like male, non-binary, and female definitive, arguably, and like confused. So it was like M. Where it's like you're a giant floating, like Lovecraft monster, but we do refer to you as a she. Yeah. So I guess if you're brave enough to go through the tentacles, you might find there's some, some business, some reproductive organs. Uh, I'm so okay with you doing that job. Uh, uh, but it was just it was a war on Facebook, and I eventually just really had to be like, take away my fucking phone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not winning this fight with somebody. Well, it's, I mean, it's the conversations. It's, it's a thing that people, marginalized people have to deal with constantly Mm -hmm. in big ways or little ways. And it's death by a thousand cuts. So even if someone's not calling me the N word and telling me to go back to Africa, that doesn't mean I'm not getting like random people trying to touch my hair. Yeah, uh, you know, so it's the it's these sliding scales to, of to, things. To quote Christopher Titus, "I am whitey and I apologize." Yes, I I appreciate that. <laughs> it's it's a whole fucking thing, and so like you know, sometimes if you if you have friends that are part of a marginalized community and you want to actually have like a conversation and understand stuff, if if you are a friend, friend, if they recognize that you you are not just one like sea lioning or yeah. just doing weird shit then they'll mm-hmm. they'll be open to having the conversation at some point but you have to wait for them to be in a space to do it yeah because it's and after a certain point you just don't want to talk about it anymore and you want to watch like chopped and just yeah. be like chill at some point so it's just like it's it's a thing and like yeah like if you have any brown or marginalized people in your circle and they don't feel comfortable and you've never heard a conversation talking about Oh, you know what we just had about Blade, too. right? Yeah. Or like, if no one's ever brought up, oh man, they killed Darwin in X Men First Class, even though he's the only black guy in a thing about racism that takes place in the '60s, and his power technically makes him unkillable. If you, they've never said that around you, then they're not. They don't want to have that conversation with you because there's something that is not open about you. Yeah. And I don't want you to take this and be like raging against dying of the light and just being like all like angry about it. Just accept that you could be more open about it and get introspective about it. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that was, like, that was kind of the mission of the podcast from the beginning was the idea of, like, whether you're, like, a big horror fan or a little horror fan Mm -hmm. or you're a man or you're a woman or you're uh, crab people. Like, (laughs) Shout out to crab people. (laughs) Shout out to crab people. Look like crab, taste like people. 
Is it the other way around? <laughs> I think it's like people taste like crap. <laughs> no, I'm gonna go with it looks like crap, crap tastes, tastes like, like people. people. <laughs> it takes crap people in a much worse way. Of like just... you open up a crap shell and there's a tiny human. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just like a person <laughs> right in my brain went to like a crab, but like it's like French music and it's like I live my life <laughs> like it's some like noir. Hate me like house. one of your French crabs. <laughs> it's like those really art house French films. Yeah, yeah. But it's about a crab. It's there's like a like a, a like a single a note that changes to a chord on a black and white screen with a crab looking out at the ocean. <laughs> and it just says life. <laughs> no, Bonjour. Bonjour. I <laughs> Life. Life. <laughs> Fucking pulls a cigarette by its little crap cloth. Yep. Someone please draw this tribute. Emily, Emily, if you're listening, draw the French crab. I want the French crab with the cigarette. Ennui just... crab. Yes, draw ennui crab. I need ennui crab. Okay, I love foxes, but I think my new spirit animal now might be an ennui crab. <laughs> I'm hard, I'm scaly, I have large pinchers. What's on we? <laughs> what is life? My soul. Oh, God. <laughs> but what? Why not nihilism? On we Zoyper. But I think, like, the, the reason why we wanted to do this is the, the voice and the opinion that I wasn't seeing in the community for horror. I wasn't really seeing, uh, there are a few, uh, I think one, uh, one of them is mostly just like an article based blog. Mm -hmm. Uh, I cannot think of their name right now. I'm sorry. This is not like an insult on you. I am just fucking exhausted. Graveyard Sisters? Uh, Graveyard Sisters. Thank you. But like they do a lot of really great articles. I don't think they, they do a podcast. I haven't been able to find one. I don't. But I've read a lot of their articles. Yeah. They're really good. Uh, actually, like, their article on, like, Get Out and Us was, like, really, really great. Uh, so, like, you, you do get these, but it's, like, I feel like it's, like, a mountain compared to, like, or little, like, five sticks together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, I knew I wanted to hear women talk about this. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to hear people of color talk about horror. And I wanted to hear this because, like, those are conversations I'm interested in. Not to say, like, I don't have great guy friends. Like, we've had Chris. We've had uh, Josh on the podcast. We're going to have Stephen and Mason on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but well, I, I like wanted to... Mason, Mason is part of that minority group, too. Yes, Mason is my little gay Jewish man who's going to watch Dagon with us. Mm-hmm. Who apparently, Dagon is one of the reasons why he fears vagina. Yep. Apparently, there's a, a fishy, teethy vagina in Dagon. Oh, yeah, sure. That tracks. Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he the only thing he was more scared of than black people was women. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to HBO Lovecraft. All them isms. <laughs> it's, it's one of those terrible things. Like, I love Ender's Game. It's probably one of my greatest, like, series. It, it's the most unique sci-fi series ever. But then people be like, Oh, and Orson's... I'm like, just stop. Yeah. Just let me have my four books. Yeah. And do not make me talk about this homophobic, racist, 
misogynistic asshole. Let me continue to believe that, like, these books came from something else. Because he's dead now, and his kid that is doing it has now come out as gay. So I can feel better about spending my money because it's now going to be, like, his gay son who had to live in the closet for most of his life. Sure. But I'm aware. Yeah. You don't need to have this conversation with me. I know what he was. This is a uh, tangential related thing. I just wanted to point out that the director, I believe it's Jason Lee Howard, he directed Guns Akimbo, uh, spent this past weekend harassing several uh, women of color critics uh, and accusing them of attempted murder. Is that the Daniel Radcliffe film? Yes. And so uh, he was slandering them. He was accusing them of a bunch of stuff. gave a gave a very terrible non apology that basically read like a justification. Holy fuck! Uh, and so fuck that movie. Fuck that director. He also directed Deathgasm, so don't watch that either. I mean, you can do whatever you want with your life. I'm just <laughs> saying that guy fucking sucks. So uh, there goes a movie that I maybe was gonna see. I feel bad for Samara Will, uh, Weaving, Weaving, yeah. and Daniel Radcliffe because that was the main reason I wanted to see it. Yep. Because ironically the movie is supposed to be about anti-bullying and not only did he harass them from his main account he did it on the official movie account as well oh wow oh i'm wondering if he was gonna get taken off fucking film then who fucking knows but you know but also i feel like it's important to to point out the stuff that that is we can talk about blatant we can talk about this but uh i have a, a very good friend that i brought up a few times in this podcast amaya mm-hmm and she is a beautiful, powerful, transgender woman of color. And I love her. I feel, She is one of the few people in this world that if she told me to sit down and shut up, I would. Impressive. Like, I, I, I love her. And she is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. Both, like, in the morning and, like, out full with Amy Winehouse. She is, she is a stunning person. But, yeah, she scares the piss out of me. Mm-hmm. Uh. Because, like, I know, like, she can take me out with, like, a flick of her wrist. <laughs> um, and I'd let her do it. <laughs> uh, but she she's very big on the fact that, like, yes, there's a lot of good stuff going right now for transgender. But, like, a woman of color who is transgender is over a thousand times more likely to be killed than a white man. Yeah. yeah. And that is still happening today. And that, that, that is a subject that I feel like it is very easily to be like, oh, this happens once. Okay. And I feel like when you hear about stuff like this, this director is bullying this person, this is happening. It's very easy to kind of like get kind of outrage exhaustion. Sure. Mm-hmm. Especially with our current president. Sure. Yeah. It's um, a very tiring time. But I, I feel like you, you need to be like, I really like you first said that and I was like, really want to see that. And then I'm like, no, I need to, like, I kind of have to, like, be like, no. Yeah. Like, it's like in the middle of a workout. Like, I gotta rally. I gotta be like, okay, yeah, there's this film, but, like, no, don't go see it. No, don't go do this. Mm -hmm. The actors have been paid. They're fucking fine. It's Harry Potter and, like, slightly hotter Margot Robbie. Let's be honest, Samara Weaving is hotter than Margot Robbie. I think they're both very hot. I don't have a sliding scale system i also am not in chicks like that which uh, would make my life easier in certain ways if i were uh you know how i can tell because katherine zeta jones did not turn me gay and if katherine zeta jones could not turn me gay when i was a teenager then nobody can so um, tomorrow leaving in the babysitter i was just like oh fuck 
Oh. oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. She's the main girl and the yeah. babysitter, and I just I love her so much. That film, I'm just like, <sighs> like Margot Robbie's hot, but you're like coming up with like sci-fi horror characters. I understand that's just a character, mm-hmm. but like you're talking about Captain Janeway and like a girl crush. I now have to be in love with you. Yeah. Fair. So this is written on my tombstone. If you had a crush on Janeway or Seven of Nine, we can fuck. Fair. Pick up. <laughs> uh, so let's let's try in this crazy episode that I'm so happy we did. Uh, let's wrap it up with just I, I can't think of doing a badass bitch moment. We've just been all over. Yeah. Let's give a rating to Blade Two. Let's start off with you, Ashy. Honestly, it's dated. Okay. But I'm I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a four. Give it a four? So yeah. a four? Mm-hmm. Alright, what about you tomorrow? It was out of five. Yes. Okay. Just double checking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's why I assumed You were like, oh god, no. I was like four. I was like, it's gonna be out of five. Uh it is one of those movies that perfectly encapsulates the time in which it came out, and even though it is dated, it is somehow timeless for me. Uh and so I'm going it is not perfect, but I will give it it's damn near perfect for me, and I will give it a four and a half out of five. Ah. Bump it up a little. Ah. Uh, that's actually what I was going to give it, is a four and a half. And uh, it, it for me, it's it was the first film that kind of expanded on vampire mythos. Yeah. Before we had Underworld or uh, all these other different versions of, of zombies and of uh, all of this. This was my first kind of glimpse into the idea that uh, vampires and werewolves and zombies uh, could be altered and changed and anewed. And uh, there, there is probably about 25 different random shitty versions of vampires and werewolves and zombies mm-hmm. I, like, sketched up after seeing this film. Mm-hmm. I know I had one that was, like, zombies that could only smell. <laughs> I just, I just remember, like, the creatures kind of, like, ended up looking like the crawlers from The Descent. Mm-hmm. So I gave them, like, these big old bat noses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was that, like, fucking ten-year-old that was trying to, like, scientifically figure out how to make goddamn vampires and werewolves and zombies. I was weird. Uh, but it's four and a half. Wesley Snipes, Ron Perlman, for being such a great human being and such a great person and, and so lovable in so many things, is so detestable. Mm-hmm. In every single scene, which is impressive. Yeah, no, yeah. You, you want to punch him all the time, yeah. Uh, I always talk about, like, it, it's so much easier, it, it takes so much more skill to be a heel than it will ever take to be a baby face. And, well, like, a good heel. Sure, I, I think that, well, we can get into that yeah. later. It's another conversation. Uh, <laughs> but, but he, I, I, I legitimately feel violently angry mm-hmm. at him, uh, Norman Reedus is Norman Reedus in this film, and this was, like, right after I'd just seen Boondock Saints, so, like, I was a thirsty 12-year-old <laughs> who's staring into this Irish gentleman. Um, I, I was just happy they didn't fucking kill Whistler. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He didn't make it through. Uh, that, there were so many good fight scenes, and coming off of this, and just recently seeing Birds of Prey... Uh, the fight scenes a lot in Blade 2 really remind me of Birds of Prey, where it was super impactful on the uh, environment. It wasn't, mm-hmm. like, CG screen. Like, they were hitting things. They were attacking things. 
Uh, and it felt very uh, natural. So I'm going to give it a four and a half. I fucking love this film. Yeah. I still fucking love it. Yeah, I do too. I will say that one of my favorite moments in all of the fight scenes is because he has one in every like extended one mm-hmm. where it's just like this is like a this is just a straight up style slash power move. Mm-hmm. So when he does the inverted like uh, basically slam where he gets, oh, gets yeah. a person upside down and just holds him there for a minute and mm-hmm. then goes over, that's oh, just yeah. no. We, I, that that I one, really went probably one of my one, favorite fight two, scenes. Two, three, yeah. yeah. It's oh, just no. so good. I have to know my favorite fight scenes. I didn't realize it until this time. I watched it again. When he fights uh, the girl and uh, Bobby, his sword is in the sheath mm. until about the last two minutes of that fight. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of had to like watch it and be like, his sword's in the sheath. Yeah. It's still a sheath. It's, it's a flex, sheath. man. It's a flex. Oh, my God. Like, huh, huh. Like, by the time he like took it out, like I felt like I was like, yes. Yes, yes, oh, yes. And also, yeah. <laughs> speaking of that noise, uh, I also think it's interesting that how much they treat vampires drinking blood as a sexual thing, that it goes two ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's interesting because you don't necessarily... Because they can enjoy it. Right, you don't necessarily see that playing out that way, so it's just always kind of funny where it's like, okay, and they're gonna do this thing, and then what's the like stands up and he has a boner, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of then you just keep, kind of keep going like that yeah. the scene in yeah. the the cop uh, in the in the yeah. cop station in Blade Three when they give him a serum and he stands out and just like tent and I'm like cool, yeah, just just kicking that up every single movie, just like even more. I, I always love it because I was like I I always forget about that scene and then I'm just like like I. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I feel like shit, I walk out of the room so yeah. this scene yeah. can continue. And the shot is always very specifically <laughs> so that you can see that oh, there is also, a boner. Also, Mrs. Snipes. <laughs> From what I could tell. Like, <laughs> Congratulations, everyone involved. I'm like, he's this, this man is... Huh! Fascinating. <laughs> I'll be uh, right back. I have some things to think about deeply. I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> I will be in my bunk. Um, thank you so much, Tamara. Woo! I can really yes. not express how much I have loved having you on today uh, and last week. And uh, I'm lucky enough to live next to her, so like I deal with her all the time, and it's freaking a blast. I'm I'm happy to be there, here, uh, and there. And glad that uh, you enjoyed the conversation and uh, glad that I wasn't boring and that <laughs> I made sense because I am very tired. I think we're all very tired. I, yep. What was it? It was the Royal Rumble where you came back later, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I just remember, like, I, like, woke up the next day and was like, was I talking to Tamara at, like, 1 a.m.? And Josh was like, yeah, you guys were, like, in your corner having some sort of whispering conversation. Mm-hmm. I was like, Yeah. I really don't remember that. He's like, well, yeah, because you and Tamar had, like, three drinks before this. But I was like, okay, well, so I'm glad to know, like, I was having this, like, yeah. secretive conversation that I'm not even privy to the next day. Listen, it, it's it's in the in the sands of time. <laughs> it was a moment. We had it. It was glorious. It was glorious. Uh, we will be back next week. I have no idea what the hell we're going to be back with because it's about 10 p.m. at night. And um, I don't know a lot at this point. <laughs> Ella's, Ella's a little loopy. All right. Well, we'll figure it out. I was thinking we should do Buffy, actually. Oh, oh we should. We, we haven't Buffy. done Buffy with Spike. 
non-blonde Spike. Yeah. His name is Spike. Yep. Uh, yeah, so, uh, fuck it. Next week we'll do Sp- we'll do Buffy. Fuck we'll it. We'll do the original Buffy. And it's directed by a woman, so. It is. It fucking is. Um, and it gets me one of my favorite characters. And my fucking tattoo. Yep. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I have the mutant enemy tattoo on my ankle, which my mother constantly forgets. <laughs> and then she goes, oh my god, when did you get that evil looking tattoo? I'm like, I've had it for ten years. <laughs> oh, Rochelle. I love it it's on my ankle, so every time I step, I imagine it being like, grr, arr, grr, arr, grr, arr. It just makes me, like, personally, like, very happy. But she constantly forgets it's there, and she's like, what is that little man? Because it's really yes, the it's mutant enemy. Mutant, that's yeah, an enemy. It's a little shitty, little mutant enemy, and I love it. But she constantly forgets it's there. Um, so, yeah, actually, you want to sign us off? Yep, you can uh, check us out on our Facebook, our Instagrams, and I we never post on Twitter at this point. I'm like, Twitter is... I I posted my little apology about not downloading the right oh, so thing on Twitter. You can, you can check us out on Twitter on occasion. Apparently when I fuck up, it's going to go <laughs> on Twitter. It's for me to be like, um, I don't know how to download the right files. I'm tired. And as a reminder, after March, we will be signing off and ending season two, but that doesn't mean we'll be gone forever. We will be posting on our Patreon, so please, 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 do check, please, please check out our Patreon. Please. (laughs) Please. Please. Oh, that's a film we need to do with Black Sheep. Yep. Uh, Check out the Patreon, because that is literally where you will get content for after March is the only place is Patreon. And uh our Patreon uh we're we're not asking you to give your firstborn or left kidney, though we are taking donations. Uh for two dollars a month you get to see our behind the scenes videos, you get to see all of our interviews, you'd see random posts from us just going throughout our lives and kind of getting a little bit more about Ella and Ashy. Uh like I said before uh we do our season two we'll actually have a Patreon series. We'll actually have Tamara back for a interview, not talking about Blade 2. Not that we actually fucking did that on this podcast. We did. Ish. But we'll we'll just be having a conversation about Tamara about her love of fairy tale. Or. Yeah, fairy tales and story Probably WWE. And and Supernatural. We'll talk about that. All that creepy. Yeah. Uh, But for as little as $2 a month, you will get to see all these videos. You will get to support us. And you will get to see kind of. Uh, what goes on in our little headspaces that I don't edit very thoroughly to make sure I don't come off like a completely crazy person. <laughs> and as always, good, bad, or the girls with the mic. See y'all next week.